When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to Unwinding. I missed you last week. I'm so sorry there was no new episode last week. We're going to get into it. I'm going to do a little life update, okay, before we get into this episode. So I'm going to do a little life update. Then I'm going to tell you some random shit I've been loving, and that's been making me happy, because why not? And then we're going to get into this episode. So welcome back i hope you guys have been doing well it's february it's february 1st i can never say february february it is tuesday february 1st at 4 12 p.m right now in case you were wondering i'm sure you were so fucking worried about that so what happened last week where was i so i ended up flying home to costa rica For any of you who don't know, that's where I am from. I was born and raised there, and I lived there until I was 19, Um, and my mom still lives there. My mom and my sister still live there, and so, well, my sister didn't live there, but now she lives there. Anyway, so if you guys have heard, um, which episode was it? It was my episode with Dr. Cisse. Dr. Cisse, I forget what episode it was, but basically we talked about my sister and how she is schizophrenic among other things and how that's been a very fucking i don't even have a word like it's been the hardest thing i've ever gone through and i've been through some things okay but that's been the hardest thing i've ever gone through because i don't want to get into the whole thing in this episode but i do think it's like important to talk about these things because things can just look so pretty online and it just is not real life and everybody deals with shit and you know i love to share these things because it's also helpful for me when somebody listening also deals with something similar because then we can talk about it and kind of just be there for each other and i love to do that so anyway yeah so my sister wasn't schizophrenic growing up i didn't know about schizophrenia really i didn't know you know much about it at all to be honest and i was under the impression growing up that you were born schizophrenic right and that it was genetic which it is but there's also a way to develop it and that is what happened to my sister okay and so you know to not get too graphic or morbid or anything it can be developed i'm not a fucking doctor let me just preface this i'm not a doctor psychiatrist psychologist nothing i'm just I I am just some bitch in her apartment telling you her life, okay? So there's ways to develop it if you um, take drugs and, you know, there's many different ways. But it unfortunately can happen like that and that is what happened to my sister. And so now we have to deal with that. And it's very, very hard because when she is 
having an episode let's just say it that way i'm trying to find the right words to say this without scaring anybody because honestly it's very 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 fucking scary to see and the things that my mom and i have seen i just like i don't wish this on anyone okay on anyone and it's been going on for it started when i was in college so i think i was 20 i graduated when i was 24 because I had a gap year after high school. Why am I telling you guys my whole life story today? I don't know. You know what? I missed you, and here we go. Sometimes I'm just in the mood, you know? Um, But I believe it started when I was 23, actually. I'm 29 now. I just turned 29. So, yeah, it's been going on for a while. And so when she's having a bad episode or an episode in general, you know, it we're not talking to her like it's literally somebody else it's really scary and unfortunately as her psychiatrist has explained to us you know when when somebody at least her in her situation right i don't i can't speak for everybody but when she's having an episode like it's not like you know she becomes like nicer and this like angel no it's like dark it's unfortunately really dark and you know the people that struggle with schizophrenia actually i'm just going to speak about her because i don't i don't want to generalize but you know she sees things she hears things um it's awful like it's really fucking scary so you know when i'm home and you guys always send me these messages like wow like it looks so beautiful like it looks like you're having the best time like blah 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 i'm like (sighs) you know this week i was just like fuck dude like i want to like tell people what's actually going on and why i'm here um i was also there because i was feeling just it all happened in a weird way honestly because i had been feeling really low that week so not this past week that i was in costa rica but the week before like right after my birthday i was feeling just like just low and cloudy and i was just like i don't know i felt just i don't know i felt low and i told my mom like i think i want to go home like i just wanted to go and see her and then coincidentally my mom was like oh like you know um your sister is just not doing well right now and so it was just like i was like okay time for me to go so if you guys listen to that episode then you know we're on this new kind of journey to figure out her medication and that's been that's been the journey that we're on right so she is being medicated and stuff and when she is and when she's stable she's great you know that's the sad part is like she has oh fuck man I'm not trying to get emotional at four o'clock, okay? It's too early for this. And it's Tuesday. I can't drink today. <laughs> I'm trying to wait until at least like Wednesday, you know? She has like such a beautiful heart, you know? Like she's such a beautiful soul. But unfortunately, she just, you know, got caught up in some shit. And now is, and now this is what we're dealing with. So yeah, when she's stable, it's okay. Like things are okay. I I wouldn't say good or great because we're still not at the point where she can like work and really take care of herself and and be responsible like we're not there yet you know there's a lot of care around her and supervision and it's a lot okay it's a lot um I I asked her psychiatrist who's great um he's great I asked him we were having a conversation I believe this was in November when she was hospitalized because it was really really bad i asked him i'm like you know with all due respect i don't understand how people that don't have the financial means how do they take care of somebody in their family that might have 
an illness of this sort and he he looked at me dead in my eyes and he was like can i be honest with you i'm like yeah he's like well they can't and those are the people you see like walking on the street and it just breaks my fucking heart like that's a whole other story right but that just breaks my fucking heart because like i don't know i mean this is a whole other conversation i just think the accessibility to medicine for anything regarding mental illness is just so far off and it's just anyway um i don't know where i'm going with this but yeah so we've been trying to figure that out and trying to get on a routine and on a schedule and trying to figure out her doses doses her dosage dosage that's the right word of her new medication and it's just you know it's really really hard because it's it's very chemical it's not like i don't know if you if you or you know somebody or somebody's close to you that struggles with a mental illness it's very complicated because it's not like you can just take a test and it's like oh this is what you have right like it took us like years to even get her diagnosis like at first they would tell us a million different things like oh she has this and that and this and that it's it's very 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 difficult and so you know i my heart goes out to anybody who might be struggling with this or with somebody close to them or in their family like this is just it's incredibly difficult and what's most difficult about it is that it's like an ongoing thing right it's not like you get sick and you take tylenol and then you're better it's like this is like forever our situation at least it's forever and so we're just you know going one day at a time and praying so much that we can just get into a groove with her meds that just help her live a you know, a somewhat normal life. I don't know if normal is the right word, but a somewhat joyful, healthy life, you know? That's all I pray and hope for, but it's it's very it's very scary, it's very difficult and um yeah. So that's why I was home. We did my mom and I did go to the beach a few nights, which was really, really nice. We went away for a few days. Two nights actually. It was so nice to just get out of the house and you know, while while her medicine like stabilizes her some days, like there's really not much we can do. And she very much isolates and doesn't want to be with people anyway. And it I mean you to be quite frank, I don't it's very scary to be around. So it's not like you want to be around anyway. You know what I mean? So I told my mom, I'm like, let's get out of here. Like let's just go for a night or two and just breathe and luckily we live close to a very beautiful resort and so, you know, we just drove an hour an hour and a half and we were there and we never got to do that we haven't done that in a very long time and so that was really really nice so I'm very grateful for that I feel charged up you know I feel a lot better I'm going a day at a time because I'm obviously just I mean there's a lot still going on and and yeah so we're just going a day at a time but I just wanted to be honest and share that part of my life that is just not fun not fucking fun man but it is what it is and all I can do is go a day at a time, right? So aside from that, what else can I tell you? I got my apartment clean today. This is something else I want to talk about, okay? I So the last person that was in my apartment was he who shall not be named, okay? And I swear my apartment felt fucking heavy. Like that week that I was telling you guys that I was home, like before I went home, my apartment just felt like heavy. I don't know. It had this like energy to it and that made me like I felt suffocated in here and it was also because like the second that I came back here after everything happened if you don't know what I'm talking about then go listen to the heartbreak episode the second I came back here all his shit was all over my house 
And I was just like, ugh, like, I don't know. I was already feeling sick to my stomach and that just made me feel even worse. And I told my mom while I was home, I was, I, I was telling her like, I need to get like a priest up in here and just like, <laughs> I don't even know. Like I need a holy water, my fucking apartment and get it like deep cleaned. And I just want to feel I wanted to feel fresh again. And so you guys are going to laugh at me, but the second I landed yesterday, I sprayed holy water in every single room in here. Um, and yeah, and then I got a deep clean today and it feels so much better already, like so much better. So I really do believe in that. Just like ooh, my little thing on the microphone is falling. I apologize like bad juju and like bad energy like that shit is so real i i really believe that like you know when you hang out with somebody who just maybe i don't know wasn't in the best mood or somebody that didn't give you the best vibes or whatever like you just feel like ugh, like you just kind of feel it you know what i mean or you go somewhere maybe and just the vibes were off you know that's how my apartment was feeling like the vibes were not it we were catching no vibes in here okay none so yeah, that's it. Um, and as far as that, I did a Q&A like a week ago and a lot of the questions were like, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? How are you feeling? Have you talked? How's this? How's it? Whatever, like a bunch of questions. I didn't answer any of them on my story, but I actually like couldn't give a fuck about him anymore. But now I'm just worried about myself, you know? So I'm just, it's more so like the emotional leftovers that I'm navigating. Like I'm just making sure that that situation doesn't take a toll on like, my self-worth and on my ability to trust people on my ability to be vulnerable to open up like all these things and just reminding myself that somebody else's character that's on them it doesn't define anything about me and remembering that has really helped me like not take things personally and not take that whole situation personally and as Steph said it's helped me not feel like a fool because being manipulated into believing that somebody is one way when they are actually not, it doesn't make you a fool. It makes that person a manipulator and quite frankly, a piece of shit, right? So that's what I've been like working through lately. And again, we're just going a day at a time. But, you know, the roster has, okay, I'm not going to say it's open, but you know, we're, we're, we're dabbling because we have no fucking time to waste. Okay. I'm about to have the best year of my life, regardless of any hardships that come, because I feel like those things are just always going to happen. Right. And all I can do is try to make the best of every day that I get to be alive. Cause that's a fucking blessing. So Let's quickly get into a few things I've been loving lately and then we're going to get into this episode because I know this is a way longer intro, but I never do these, okay? So I hope you enjoyed it. Um, so, okay, things I've been loving. Walks. I've just been loving my fucking walks, man. And I have to credit Emily and Manana because I swear after the trip that we had together, that's when I was like, wow, I actually love to fucking walk. So, walks. Can't recommend enough matching sets okay i just like live for a matching set i'm not gonna explain everything that i'm saying i love a matching set if you have any recs send them my way i will buy them what else i've been loving my fucking jewelry i'm so proud of my jewelry and not that it's like mine because i designed it no i didn't design it but like my 
brand i'm so fucking proud of it i wear everything you guys see on the website like i wear this shit every single day of my life because i love it and it just makes me so happy and i'm just proud of myself you know decluttering my space i've been doing a lot of that in my apartment and i need to continue doing that and it's been making me feel so good journaling i've really been on a journaling kick i feel like i always am but sometimes i'm like really really craving it and sometimes i just do it because it's part of my routine you know you know what i mean like sometimes i do it because i'm like oh like it's just like i i know i'm gonna i know i'm gonna feel good so that's why i'm doing it but sometimes i'm like oh i want to do it like i can't wait to do it and i'm in that can't wait to do it right now love to be there so fun i've been loving kenzie elizabeth um and her youtube vlogs i love her i love her podcast i love her ig her tiktok everything but her vlogs on youtube just like make me feel calm like i can just like put one on and i just feel like everything is going to be okay you know what i mean it's like when i watch like something's gotta give or because i said so or it's complicated like that kind of vibe that's what she gives me i love it truff pasta sauce if you haven't tried this shit oh my god it's expensive okay it's an expensive pasta sauce but the truffle i'm not even gonna try to pretend like i know how to say this but the arrabiata like the spicy truffle oh my god i'm just salivating thinking about it something else i've been loving food wise are these fucking cheese puffs that i found at fresh market and they're by barbara barbara's cheese puffs something like that i don't know i posted them on my stories the other day i cannot with these fucking cheese puffs i can't even i can't buy them because i will eat the whole damn bag it's impossible to just have one the serving size is simply rude i don't understand who i don't i don't truly disagree with the serving size anyway they're so good and that's it <laughs> that's everything i've been loving oh and tiktok i'm so fucking late to the tiktok train i'm so late i'm i'm literally getting on right now i just got on i just took a seat and i'm obsessed i'm obsessed it's so fun i love how the algorithm really gets to know you and really provides content that you want to see like ig could never okay ig could fucking never i love tiktok i've been trying to get consistent on there i just think it's so fun and i love that you actually have to have like somewhat of a personality <laughs> to like you know kind of pop off there i'm not trying to throw shade but i'm saying like it's more than a photo you know which is so cool it's so fun i fucking love it okay that's it for me so now we're gonna do like a 180 okay and we're gonna talk about money and before you don't you dare click out just because i said that okay because i feel like sometimes i do that when i'm listening to a podcast and I, it's gonna be like a finance episode i'm like oh i kind of don't want to no let me tell you this is not what you think i love this conversation i'm not even gonna talk too much about it because i want to let it speak for itself but it is not what you think we talk about mindset really so much and how the right mindset with money really can change the way that you budget the way that you think about money the way that you feel about money um everything and we talk so much about like abundance and i've just i loved this conversation money is a topic that i don't enjoy speaking about that much like with people in my life obviously i do like with my mom and you know with my advisor and shit like that and my accountant and stuff and with myself and whatever but i don't really talk about it with people and i just loved where we took this conversation i will let her introduce herself and i hope you love this and i and find value in all of the tips and tools she shares i really just like sat back and like let her share so much because she's so smart and i just wanted to like keep listening honestly and there's just so much in here gorgeous gorgeous girls <laughs> 
have healthy relationships with money okay and abundant fucking mindsets in every sense of life not just with money but in every sense of life also very important all the links for tara's free course and where you can find her and more of her and everything and her newsletter everything will be linked in the show notes but while you're listening to this her course is today at i don't know exactly the time i don't want to miss miss tell you the time but it's this afternoon and it's free so highly recommend highly highly recommend and yeah i'm gonna shut up now i've been talking for 20 fucking minutes i'm so sorry for this long intro but i love you guys and i hope you enjoy be sure to give her some love tell me what you think and i will see you guys next week here we go welcome to the podcast I'm so excited for this conversation. This is the first like money talk I've ever had on the podcast. And I feel like it's so important. So before we get into it, can you introduce yourself and tell us what you do and where you are and how you're doing? (laughs) Yeah. So my name is Tara Murphy. Um, My brand, a lot of people know me, Tara Marie Murphy. It's my full name because there's like a million Tara Murphys in this world. Really? Um, yeah, there are a, a lot. I, anyways, I've, I know a few. Um, <laughs> I grew up in the states, actually, like you. Um, but I, or maybe you grew up down south. But anyways, I grew up in the states, and then I've been in Canada now. I went to university and high school in Canada. I've been there um, since I was eighteen. I moved to Toronto, but every year I spend um, the south in the winter winter in the south (laughs) and so right now yeah 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 right now it's winter at home so I'm in Mexico actually right now I just got here I'll be here for the next few months before I go back to Toronto um day to day I work now in investment banking um in corporate finance so I started my job at the investment bank about five years ago as of this February so five years um coming up and uh I started teaching women about three and a half years ago because I went to school for finance. I started investing at 18, so 12, 13 years ago now. Um, And I thought that this was all common sense, you know, that like you invest in the stock market and whatever um, for people. And I've learned teaching women in the last three to four years that it's not common sense. And there are a lot of things and um, areas when it comes to our personal finances that people don't know about, they're not aware of, and that every single person, whether you make, you know, $30,000 a year or $300,000 a year, every single person could be managing their money better, could be more aligned with their finances, could be making better investment decisions. So all across the board from like mindset and abundance, which we'll talk about, to, you know, making money in the stock market, I've kind of honed in on in the last decade or so. And Um, so now I do both. I do my job at the investment bank, which is very unrelated to me teaching and, um, coaching and my program, et cetera. But I feel like it started as a feel good thing to do to help women. And I realized like, wow, there's a huge lack of knowledge in this area. So now it's kind of turned into another business that I, that I run. I love it. And I'm so excited about this because I feel like there's so many, parts of this subject that even I'm like like why why are we uncomfortable talking about money like Mm -hmm. I've always been uncomfortable talking about money I don't like to bring it up with people It's, it's like this weird taboo thing where it's like taboo feeling when it comes to finances and I think I mean I'm excited to hear you know where we take the conversation but I think obviously so much of it is also like 
I think when we're not comfortable speaking about something, it's because we either don't really feel that knowledge in it, maybe, or like that secure in it. Like, I don't know. So, okay. So many things I want to get into, but let's start. Let's pretend we're speaking to somebody who is new to investing, have never done it, but they want to dabble into it. So what would you say to somebody who is just beginning in that area? So I always say, um, and when I talk about my program, I'm going to kind of kind of reference it just because it takes you through kind of a timeline and like hierarchy of where to set yourself up for success when it comes to money. First step before you're investing is obviously make sure that your relationship with money is a good one. And that doesn't mean making lots of money. Okay. A lot of people misconstrue when I'm saying things like this, that it means you have to have a lot of money. That's a huge misconception. It means making sure that you are honest with yourself about what your challenges are with your finances. You're honest with yourself about what you make, what you don't make, you know, what you're projecting in your future, how you're spending, what your relationship with money in terms of purchasing decisions and what your goals are. And so that's something I work through a lot as a foundation with people because before you're going to invest or, you know, put money away for a long time or figure out your investing strategies, you really need to know, okay, how much do I have month to month? What am I really looking at? Where are my struggles? How can I fix this? What are my goals? And how do I get started? So I think that kind of baseline, you have to have that honest conversation with yourself about where really am I and what are my priorities? And that's what coronavirus did for a lot of people. A lot of small businesses suffered. A lot of people had to kind of shift their careers and and money and all their strategies. But it really forced people to ask themselves, what's important to me? Health is important. Making sure that I'm going to be okay is important. Making sure that I have that emergency fund because if I lose my job, how soon will I find another one? Um, I work with and and my kind of market is to who I'm speaking and teaching is women more so and some men, but women, younger women, kind of 20 to 40. So people who are like, okay, I'm getting started with my career. Maybe I'm out of school, coming out of school. And it's a tough time for women as well, because we have to have careers and aspirations and also handle all this stuff on our own. But once you get started with that foundation, then you can really dive into, you know, what can I do with my money now that I know kind of the overview of what's, it's kind of like a kitchen. I compare money a lot to cooking because if you don't have the ingredients, you can't make anything. So if you're in the kitchen, you know, and you're trying to create dinner for somebody, you can't even for yourself, if there's nothing in your fridge, you know, not to say that you don't have money, that's not it. It just means you need the tools and you need to know, okay, what do I put in this salad or what do I put in this meal before it can be delicious? So I think investing, yeah, I have a lot of stuff we can get there, but first and foremost, people and women and younger people need to make sure that they're honest and have that kind of conversation with themselves before they even begin to invest. And for that conversation, I love this, by the way, but let's get specific. Like, let's say somebody's listening and they've never done this. Maybe they haven't asked themselves all these other questions of Mm -hmm. how much are you actually spending per month? What are your goals? Where do you want to be in a year? Whatever. All, All the list of questions, right? What is the best way somebody can like sit with themselves and, and, and do this and like lay it out? Like, do you do that? Do you recommend people doing this on like, I don't know, an Excel sheet, like on a notebook and write everything down? Like, how do you recommend somebody strategizing all these questions? 
So good question because yeah, what you're the questions that you're asking, what are my goals? What do I spend on? Whatever, those are the questions that people should be asking themselves. Nothing yeah. too complicated. Personally, I tend to shy away from those budgeting and spending apps. And I'm gonna tell you why. Because I feel like those are built to help people, yes, but more so to make people feel bad if they're not reaching those targets or if their bank account says you've spent too much on food this month. It's like, who are you to say app with no personality that I've spent too much money on food? I think this is such a personal thing that some people, very A-type people want to use an Excel, Excel spreadsheet. And I have some resources like on my Instagram, I have a free 20 page resource guide for people to help them kind of with these tools. But I'm a big believer in not pushing people to do things my way i will always share how i do it like i use notes in my phone because my notes sync to my computer and my phone and everywhere i am yeah i have reminders i have this i have i'm a big like cut them off the list so i budget on there i make my christmas list and what i'm gonna buy on there i put my to-do list on there so that's how i kind of ask myself those questions and when it comes to spending rather than have those apps that kind of if, if people find that they can you know, that helps them. I don't find that it helps me. And a lot of my clients are like, but my app said I spent too much here and here and here. And it's not realistic because life changes every month. If it's December, that app is going to tell you something different than January, than July, then. So screw those people, you know, who are kind of trying to monitor your life like that and come up with a thing, a, a plan that works for you. But to look at your spending, I always say, just look at your statements, point blank, pen and paper, look at your statements, highlight what you see, what maybe you know, like everybody knows. And that's the thing about money. And that's why people feel like ashamed and guilty. There's no shame or guilt behind it. But you know, if your vice is Uber Eats or shopping or this or that, you know what your kind of issue is and challenges and, and you highlight that and you make a make an active decision to monitor it, even if you don't want to cut it out completely monitor that so that you know like ah hey that's a little excessive even for me like last week for example I was in Florida I went to the outlet malls I ended up at another mall and I spent like a number I don't want to tell you at the Gucci store okay do I need anything at Gucci no I do not should I I mean mean, define need (laughs) yes right and like I'm a big pressure of like okay consumers like relax but Look at me going with a bunch of Gucci bags. I don't need that. And I watch it. And I'm, I'm cognizant of, Tara, this doesn't happen once a month, even once a year, whatever. Yeah. But if you work hard, money yeah. is energy too. And I want to talk about that. We'll get into it when we talk about mindset stuff. Because you can't just sit on your cash all the time. You also right. have to remember in this world of finance, giving and receiving is the same circle. So you want to make sure you're not constraining and constricting and restricting and suffocating yourself in this whole process. Okay. So somebody is sitting with themselves and they are going through these questions. They are, you know, analyzing everything. They're monitoring, they're making their goals, their whatever. So let's say that foundation is kind of set in a way. Mm -hmm. Now let's say they have a bit of money to spend and Mm -hmm. by spend, I mean, invest. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously a bit of money that, I mean, I'm using air quotes, a bit of money that's relative. That's going to be different for everybody, but let's say you have a little bit of money or you want to get into investing soon. What are, how do we like, how do we even broach that? 
Yeah, so I always say work backwards because that number will vary based on where you are in your life, what your age is, what you have coming up. Are you getting married? Are you buying a house soon? You know, those are questions to kind of go through with this investing process to make sure you're not spending, and I'm air quoting now, investing um, money that you need. You never invest borrowed money and you never invest money that you need definitely in the next like 30 days. Definitely, I would say in the next like three months, if that's money you need for a home or for a baby or for family planning, like that doesn't belong invested. Although somebody can trade AMC and have a great trade, in my opinion, and after 12 years of doing this, like I don't play games like that with my money because I work hard and I value it. So I'm not trying to throw it away. What I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to teach people is to set yourself up with a long-term plan for actual wealth, not just money quick. Like that's, that's get rich quick is not a thing for regular people. And most of us are regular people. So I would say work backwards from what you need in that kind of extra money, what you're goals are in the upcoming one to three months and anything you need for that like that doesn't belong in investments then whatever's left over after that I would say you know seek help because whether it's through your local bank or you know doing research online or there's a lot if you're in Canada Quest Trade is a really great trading platform with lots of resources E-Trade in the States um, there's a lot in Europe and I go through like there, I have all this in that resource guide kind of to set yourself up for investing yeah. Um, yeah, but I think work backwards, find out what that real number is. And there are there are different types of investments out there. I could talk to, I could go on for like probably six hours about yeah. what's suitable for you. But that's not kind of a one, one answer question because I would really need to know, me to advise to say, hey, I think this is the best route for you. Um, takes a little bit more, but just know there are options from everybody. Whether you you have a hundred dollars to invest, or ten thousand, or fifty thousand, because you just came into, there are safe options that mean you get your money back and you're going to lose nothing. It's like locked in. There are options where you can buy parts of the whole stock market instead of just one individual stock. So those are less risky and managed funds for you. You do nothing except give your money. There are some funds that you invest a denomination. Like I have a hundred dollars, can I place it? versus others that you actually buy one stock so you have to buy what it costs like an apple or an orange or a right. whatever so lots of options but i would say utilize the tools at your bank every big bank has their own funds that are managed they have their own investing options they have options where you can automate like from your debit account every month like a phone bill you know, and that's first step. Those are the first things you should always be doing when you're starting to invest is make sure it's regular. If you have 50 bucks a month and you're, you know, in school and that's all you can do, 50 bucks a month automatically like a payment, great start because that $50 in 25 years that you don't notice is going to be thousands and often hundreds of thousands when you increase that number. So take a look at what your options are with your bank. I know we'll talk about this later, but I teach a class every two to three months. I'm doing one in February 3rd. And I talk to people in that class about what their options are and stock market and different types of things. Um, so utilize the resources like me, like other people. If I don't resonate with you, you know, somebody else might, but investing isn't something that you just like go with your gut. I know that in life you go with your gut in a lot of things, but investing is not something that you hear somebody say it, that's your money. Like our money is valuable because we work hard for it. So that's where I would say to get started. Use all the resources and, and go to your bank and see what they can do to help you.
I really like that you gave the example of even if it's 50 bucks, because I think maybe there's this misconception that unless it's like a large amount of money, like it's not worth it. I think no matter, you know, how little or how much you have, like you, if you do have something left over, like you said, after you're saving, after you're budgeting, whatever, why not put it to work? Right. And aside from that misconception, what other misconceptions are there about investing that you can think of that are like very popular? Oh my God, there's tons. And I talk about this all the time because I feel like they're excuses just as much as they are misconceptions because people like to hold on to, it's like working out. People like to say why they're not going to do it. It's too cold out. I don't want to do it alone, whatever, right? So with money comes the same baggage of excuses. And that's why I love working with you know, the people that I work with or whoever resonates with me and we connect because I call the people on their bullshit. Like I know, especially young people, if I see you out at the bar spending hundred bucks or like $200 or I see you at that Gucci store, like bitch, don't lie to me. I know yeah. what you're up to, you know? Yeah. So I like to, to be kind of in the know with these people, but misconceptions are you need a lot of money to invest. Like a lot of mutual funds or f- those funds that you can just pay. I think a, most of them in Canada and the US are hundred dollars to start. So it could be a hundred dollars and then $10 after that once a month, it could be hundred dollars and then $5 once a week, whatever, your thing is, but you could start with as little as $100. These trading accounts like Quest Trade and E-Trade that I've talked about, I think their minimum to open an account is maybe $1,000. But, you know, over time, that's a, that's if you're going to use that platform, you likely will have $1,000 to spend there. Um, but yeah, as little as $100, $1,000 for the bigger platform. So it doesn't cost a lot. Another misconception is you have to have a lot of money to invest like you have to I have to have a hundred thousand dollars first and then I can start with my next penny right not the case at all if I was a young person I started investing at 18 but I was spending my investment money to travel so I wasn't keeping it there if I had kept it there I'm telling you Lisa I would be like three or four times more wealthy than I am sitting here right now with like twenty dollars a month because of the fact that it sat there it would have sat there for ten years making me money. And not every day is the stock market going to make you money. But for example, right now, past few weeks, markets are going down. They don't look good. I'm getting lots of messages. Ah, people are panicking. I'm looking at my accounts being like, I'm not losing like thousands. I'm losing like tens of thousands. But I don't give a shit because that number doesn't matter to me because that number over time, historically, is always going to go up. So I don't need that money. Like I said, it's not borrowed. It's not money I need in zero to three months. So I can sit here and I can watch that money sink like 70, 80, $90,000. I don't care because historically speaking, it always goes back up. So people have to remember they cannot be scared of these market crashes, market corrections. Uh, what's going to happen? My money is going to disappear. Like Never in history has the money disappeared. 2008, people lost a lot. But if they would have sat on the same amount of money, would have been worth many times more today. So um, pre-pandemic, I use my mother as an excuse a lot because she has money. In Canada, we have like locked in investments that you cannot touch until you're retired or you get taxed like crazy. They have same thing with 401k, whatever. Mm -hmm. So she, before the pandemic and then pandemic happened, was panicking because this is her retirement. She can't touch it. It's invested because, of course, I tell her to invest it. And it went down a lot, like maybe 45, 50%. So she saw the number that she has to retire get slashed in half. 
panicking like everybody else does. And I told her like, just relax. Don't even look at it. Do not even look at it. Four or five months after this, not even, you know, many months later, it was already back up to what it was before and then some. Now, fast forward, you know, another year and a bit later, it's almost like 30, 40% more than that. So had she had sold everything and freaked out and pulled her money out, she would have had sat there with 50, 60% less. But if you have time to wait it out, which like young people do, then like there's nothing more guaranteed than a hundred years of history telling you that everything's going to be okay. So that's the biggest misconception back to your question that people are scared that what if something happens to the market? Yeah. Short term it's stressful, but if you don't pay attention to it, it's not stressful at all. There's different, I mean, like you said, you can take different, like the risk, the spectrum of the risk that you're going to take is all dependent on, I mean, how risky you want to be, how much money you Mm -hmm. can, you can, I guess, quote unquote, lose whatever it may be. So if you are on that, you know, on the the opposite end where you're like freaking the fuck out because you don't want to lose even a dollar, then you explore a portfolio that is more, that is very low risk. Like, you know what? Perfect. Perfect way you said it. Wait, I want to get, before we get into like mindset, which is like my, like the part that I want to spend the longest on, what are your thoughts on like crypto? And can you break it down for somebody who might not understand it? Yeah. So cryptocurrency, um, I haven't been in the crypto space for like 12 years, like I have in the stock market. So for me, it's still relatively new um, and volatile AF. So um, 2040, I believe is when crypto is going to be capped. As far as I know, that's when crypto mining will stop. Okay. So they won't be able to create more cryptocurrencies as far as I believe, at least Bitcoin after 2040. So people that are investing in cryptocurrency now are kind of waiting for that trajectory. And I, if I'm being totally frank, have about 20 grand in this one crypto account that I opened last year. That 20 has gone to 10, has gone to 12, has gone to 25, has gone to 19. Um, I think my my break even was I put 20 grand in over time in different coins, but right now it's sitting at 14,000. So 20 I put in, it's at 14 right now. Again, doesn't bother me because I'm waiting for that 2040 now until then pump. This is a long play for me. I don't trade crypto because I don't know enough about it, but cryptocurrency is essentially there to get rid of the the dollar, the USD, the Canadian dollar, the Euro, the whatever, to have this currency that you don't need to pay a $50 wire fee if you want to send somebody money. And countries are starting to adapt to this, especially um, third world countries like El Salvador. If you look it up on Wikipedia, even now, it will tell you that the currency of El Salvador is Bitcoin. Is cryptocurrency. I didn't know that. Why? Because people from Miami or Texas or whatever that are there working can send Bitcoin and cryptocurrency back with just a device, with just a phone. So all those people have to have is a phone, an internet connection, which everyone can find. And the bank doesn't monitor or regulate or take, you know, tax, whatever on their money. So there are uses for it in the world. PayPal, other companies... I think in Florida, there's a few mayors who are taking payments in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. So I believe, like, is it going to take over the U.S. dollar in my lifetime? And eh, not really sure that's going to happen. I don't think banks are going to make that switch today. But I already see, like, J.P. Morgan now has a cryptocurrency portfolio. And there's cryptocurrency funds out there that didn't exist even a year ago. 
So I think that getting on the crypto bandwagon is not a mistake. I think it's very volatile and there's no, you know, guarantee. Like I say, the stock market 100 years has historically gone up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Crypto has gone up and down and up and down. But the nice thing about Bitcoin and crypto is every time it goes up, it goes way up. So if you're on that up upward trend with crypto or with Bitcoin, um, Binance is a good platform for anyone in the U.S. and Netcoins I use for Canadians. So I also have those linked uh, referral linked, I think, on my Instagram page there. If I don't, I'll do it right after this. Um, and you get, I think, $50 to sign up. So that's kind of the baseline of cryptocurrency for me. I always stick to the big coins. I have like some money in the little ones, but like 50 bucks or a hundred bucks. Right. I'm not really playing in the metaverse yet because I don't know enough about it. I do own some stocks and, and things in those, in those sectors, but that's not my domain. My domain is basically like guarantee me to be wealthy. I know how to do it. Copy paste. That's what I'm working on. But crypto is definitely part of my portfolio. And a little note again about crypto, they say in the finance world, never have more than 10% of your portfolio in cryptocurrency. And of course, there's going to be hundreds of people on TikTok, thousands who disagree with me. But if you're building just a base foundation when it comes real estate, you know, stocks, investments, whatever, they say 10% is pretty risk averse um, amount to have a part of your portfolio in crypto. So I'm all for it. I just have to urge people to remember that it's volatile and your crypto wallet could go missing and there's nobody you can tell. You know, you can't call the right. police and say, right, my crypto wallet's gone. You know, there's no deed like a house for your crypto. So people just have to be careful. They're using like reputable platforms. I wanted to ask you about budgeting and saving, not, not saving, sorry, budgeting. What do you, like, do you sit with yourself every month and do you go through your notes and you're like, okay, cool. Like, you know, we're on track, we're on point. Like, how do you kind of do that? And what do you recommend to somebody who just wants to get better at budgeting themselves on a month to month basis? Yeah, so I use, uh, people could use Excel, because I think if you really want to have everything automated and do it month to month or whatever, Excel is a great place to start. Um, I use my notes also, because for me, um, between everything I do, my salary is not fixed every right. month based on like everything. So it changes. So I yeah. want to be able to go on and modify that. I also like notes because I, I keep track of what my forecast is and then actual. And I get to see like, mm. did I match that forecast this month or no? Am I short or high or, you know, and I'm always very conservative with my budgeting because I like to have more, again, this is mindset stuff. You want to feel like, I didn't let myself down. I don't feel bad going through this exercise budgeting. I'm not cutting things out. I'm very conservative. And in my program, I go through like exact percentages of what I think people should do with their with their money. And that depends on if you need have debt repayment or not. I give both scenarios. Right. But I always say to every student, every person I have, leave some extra that's unallocated. Okay, so budgeting works. I do like a quick five-minute budget. I teach people. So revenues, what's coming in? What are your expenses fixed? What are you forecasting for this month? Minus the two, that's what you have left over. Then that's where we kind of break down those percentages of where should that number go based on what you have to pay for, whatever. So that's how I do it for myself. I I do coming in, you know, to pay, what's left over, how much of this am I investing, how much of this is going other places. For me, I invest like 
everything because for me, I have confidence and I, you know, know enough about what I'm doing to make it safe for myself. And I kind of have those emergency funds and baskets already there. So I know, you know, I'll be okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Once you kind of get to this point with investing and budgeting too, it becomes like clockwork. And the tool of a budget is not there to stress you out. It is not there to be, oh my God, I must cut this out. Exactly. It's not there to, I actually don't even like the word budget because people think that means that I'm restricting myself. It sounds restricting. It does. Yeah. Even Christmas, my mom saw my gifts for everybody. It's like, what's your budget? Like, you be quiet. I shop on Black Friday. I know what I'm doing. And don't say budget because like, yeah, a budget is a number. It doesn't have to be negative. Like even I, even I hate that fucking word. Like I, I, it makes me like, oh, like I don't even want to think about it. It's like, I, I feel like there's so many of these terms that are related to finance that societally and gradually have just like, just such negative connotations. But ultimately, like if we just read like why or the way we think about it, like you're not limiting yourself. You're just getting organized so that you have more, so that you have more to invest, so that you have more to spend on the shit that you want to spend. Right. Like, I think it's also like a shift, like a mindset shift. Yeah. And I talk about that a lot and that's a lot of the mindset, you know, and that's why I budget in my notes because I want things to be fluid. I want things to be like, if they change, it's okay. Or like, this was what I forecasted in this because I, I, the whole thing about money is to make yourself feel good. And I like to encourage my students. I like to encourage my people to motivate themselves with that budget. Like, wow, holy shit, this is how much I'm going to have to be able to invest now. Or this is how much I'm going to have for this and this and this. I don't like making people feel like you must budget. And every dollar that goes, if every dollar is allocated, Anytime there's a change, which is like all the time, mm-hmm. it's going to be stressful. And then yeah. you know what people do in that case? They get anxious and they shut down. Right. When it comes to money, if you're anxious, you shut down and then you don't look at all. And all the work that we've done to get here and to get investing into whatever, if you can't get through that basic budget exercise and you feel like trash about it, then you know people aren't going to look at their finances, much less be like motivated by that. So... In the courses that you've taught and in your coaching sessions and your one-on-one experiences, in terms of mindset, what do you mm-hmm. see is the biggest problem or one of the biggest problems? In, in terms of just mindset? Yeah. I would say one of the biggest problems is the guilt and mm. people not recognizing, hey, this is what I have gone through before. This is maybe why I'm feeling this way. Um you know, I think when it comes to money mindset, people hiding from their finances is the biggest issue. It's the biggest issue because as soon as you shut that door on yourself, it's hard to come back. It's like when people lose money in the market and pull the money out and now they're sitting with a 50% loss, they're like 40, 50, 60, 70% likely to go back into the stock market because- they can't, right? They can't come over, overcome it mentally. So I just feel like if you can get over that shift, that mental shift where you aren't so stressed about looking at your finances, then you can start to, you know, move forward. And, and mindset's really strange because it comes a lot from like your childhood, yeah. where you come from, how your family taught you to speak about money, mm-hmm. your partner, you know, a lot of people in their relationships don't talk about money. So 
I think that work that people have to do is first of all, be open and honest. Like I started our conversation talking about, and then, you know, there's a lot of things you can do with your money. If we think about it, you use money every day. You have purchasing decisions when you're at the grocery store, you have purchasing decisions when you're, you know, paying for where you're going to live. Everything comes down to money and purchasing decisions. And if you don't have a good relationship with that and that process, then everything is going to be stressful for you. How do we cultivate a more abundant mindset with money? Yeah, so I talk about this a lot as well. Um, I have my, my first module of my program, Lisa, is all about mastering your money mindset because I don't give a shit if people want to skip to the investing modules. They do. Everybody thinks they don't need that. They all say like, okay, I'm interested in investing. Tell me what to do. Fine. That's fun. Yes, I can do that. I have you know the expertise to do that. But if you're not plugging in A, B, and C correctly, you're never going to get past it. You're never going to be truly successful in these strategies that I'm going to teach you. So my first module, I talk about mindset. I talk about how to master that mindset. And the first thing you can do is you can cut out all your negative language. Like I hear people say, I can't a lot. And those are the same people I point at at the Gucci store and whatever. And it's like, yes, you can. Like most people can afford using the word I can't afford. If you're not choosing to, totally fine. Nobody is forcing you to do things with your money, but using words like I can't, or I'm broke, or I'm whatever, whether it's true or not, you can modify that stuff. I I really believe, you know, you can modify that stuff so that you don't have to limit. And again, it's the same as like, you're shutting yourself down. You're shutting this money conversation down when you say I can't, I'm broke. Like, how can anyone respond to that when they ask you to do something? It's like, you're making someone uncomfortable by, by having that response you're making yourself uncomfortable so I just feel like it's also very important in your mindset to recognize how much your thoughts actually impact your life so I think when it comes to money you know what you think about money what you think about your finances what you're thinking about how you're earning your money you have to be aligned with and this is like a whole section of career coaching but it's you have to be aligned with how you're earning your money because that's energy and you think that money is going to make you money if you don't feel good about how you're earning it, you know, and that's like a conversation for another day. But all of this combined equals, you know, making sure that your relationship with money is in a place that you respect, that you appreciate, that you're grateful for. You know, I, I coach a lot of people who aren't happy in their workplaces and they're trying to transition out. And that's totally fine to be in that position. But Some of them, you know, it gives them great income and they're able to do X, Y, and Z with that money. So I always encourage people, write down why you're grateful for that job. What does that money, the abundance it's giving you, the energy it's putting in your life, what does that do for you? You know, what car do you drive that you keep this job for? Where are you living? Like, how does that job actually provide you benefits in your life? And then you start, stop having like an icky relationship with you know, your employer or how you're earning your money or whatever. And you start to feel more gratitude about, okay, like I can do this job for X amount because it's giving me X amount of money for this and this and this. So all that stuff, you know, I know these answers are so long and I just never stop talking. No, I mean, there's so much, there's so much to it. And obviously it's all so layered. And I think everybody or anybody who's listening, if any of this feels like, you know, like it stings you in a way or you're like, oh, I can improve on that. Like, Mm -hmm. 
please do this course. I'm going to do this course because I, so I feel like I have a good relationship with money now, but I'm also very fearful of it in some ways. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it is because I didn't grow up talking about it. Like we did, like my dad wouldn't really, we didn't have conversations about it. You know what I mean? And and obviously Mm -hmm. that is a blessing because like I never had to have a conversation with my parents about money. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I think if I would have, then I would have been in a very different, uh, in a very different situation, but I, we didn't. So like my dad always just kind of, he was just very, I don't, I don't know how to say it. Like he liked to take care of us. Right. So like he was just that kind of like alpha where he was like, I got it. I got it. I got it. Right. And then he passed away in like literally just out of the blue. I mean, it was like a year long process, but it was very, very, it was, it was very sudden. And it was very, just like, it was a shock. It was a fucking shock. I was 18 years old. And after he passed away, you know, my, my family's tiny. Like it was just kind of like my mom and I, we get back to Costa Rica and his lawyers and my dad's like financial advisors and managers, all this shit. Like we're all just like in a meeting and they're all just looking at my mom and I, they're like, you now have to learn how to fucking do this. You have to learn how to manage these investments. You have to learn where to allocate this and this and that, and what he was going to do with this and what he did with that. Like it took me a few years. Cause even, even then I was still just like, Whoa, I've had to learn so much too. And so I think it's like, there's a little bit of fear still attached. Cause I'm just like, in my head, I always say to my mom, like, I just don't want to fuck anything up. Like, he was right. so good with money and he was so mm-hmm. smart and he was so always like, he really, really, really was just so intelligent with this shit. So sorry, I went on, I went off on a tangent there. But my point here is these are all very layered topics and conversations. What you said about people wanting to skip to like the good stuff, quote unquote, mm-hmm. it's such bullshit. Like, let me tell you, I kind of, it made me realize like the relationship that I have with myself that for so long in my 20s, I thought I was going to fix the relationship that I had with myself by like losing weight and getting this and getting my boobs done and getting lip filler and doing all this shit. No, the relationship with myself changed when I started to control my thoughts and the way that I spoke about myself. Like obviously mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't control all my thoughts, but I can control what I say out loud. I can control right. the way I speak about myself to myself, to other people, even if it's a joke. So when you said like, when you say like, oh, I can't afford that or I'm broke, I'm broke this month. I have no, don't, even if it's true, you don't have to say it. Like we can Mm -hmm. rephrase things because ultimately Mm -hmm. like you are listening to what you're saying. And like, I don't know, like I'm woo woo in this shit, but like, I believe that. Like you're taking it in. Why do you want to put that shit out there? You don't believe it even when you're saying it, eventually you will. Exactly. Exactly. So I love like the whole concept of this. And I think before, like you said, before we can even tackle investing Mm -hmm. and this and that and whatever, like we have to work on the foundation, right? So often I do these podcasts, Lisa, and I, it's like almost, I have to do, okay, we have our first little, here's your little to do to begin. And then now we're going to talk about, okay, did you listen to the first one? Did you do the work? And I have to tell you, I know that we, what we've gone, this is a conversation, but I have been, featured or done a lot of podcasts and I don't know if like it's because I'm on my period and sorry if there's one listening or whatever but even you talking about your family and your father like I'm borderline in tears but goosebumps everywhere because the story you're telling is when you talk about money and think about money in a life or death type of situation like 
there's two things that are guaranteed. We pay taxes and we fucking die. Okay. (laughs) So like those things are going to happen and you went through like the trauma that you experienced in a, your father passing at 18. Like I can't, you know, I don't, I'm just, I feel emotional right now, but also going through what I preach about, like I have, um, on my mailing list in like two weeks or for after my program, I have like an estate planning new thing that I'm doing because I, I, I I do teach a lot of younger people, but they have parents and we're going to get older and we are women. Most of the people I teach and whatever you had, what I preach to people about, you had to go through with your mother. And that scenario could have been very different if your father didn't invest. And it could have been very different if you weren't set up for, you know, a home and whatever. Some people go through that situation and then they're left with nothing because they don't know. And because they can't afford it because they don't know. So I feel like you having gone through that and, you know, as traumatic as just losing somebody is, having to layer that with not being able to afford things like a funeral or your living or your children. And like, that's why I could cry when I talk about this yeah. because that happens every single day where people don't have money to bury somebody that they love or don't have money to, so to, like, forget my Gucci purchase. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are all surface level bullshit things. That that's why like me at my core does this and teaches these things so that you can go to sleep tonight knowing no matter what happens to me, or my family, or the economy, or COVID, or not, I'm going to be okay because I can take care of myself and I have the joy to be able to take care of other people, you know? And I think that that, um, also what resonated with me with your story about your father is a lot of people's fathers get into investing when they retire because it's like now they have the time to do it and they have the money coming in and they're good. And it's like, imagine if your father did that 40 years prior, what kind of estate and empire that, and I say empire, but really truly the money over time equals hundreds of thousands. Like in my class, I do the numbers and it's like the first time in the last four or five months has been the first time I've ever actually shared like my net worth or what my investments are. I always thought that was very faux pas. And I thought on Instagram being like six figure this and this, yeah. I thought it was, I, I just like break that down for me. Is that before or after taxes? Like, I don't <laughs> yeah, yeah, show yeah. me, you know, like yeah. a part of me, I love to support that. But a part of me is like, okay, be honest with people because mm-hmm. you telling people they're going to have six figure businesses. What does that look like? Yeah. And like, what is that really? So I the first time ever in the last few months, and I'll share it in my class coming up I, about how much I have and how much it's going to look at because I fall off my chair thinking like, I built this for myself. And that's why I teach now because 12 years later or 12 years ago, I didn't know that it was going to equal this number. Right. I didn't know that I would be, you know, 40 plus countries deep and still like every year increasing that number. I thought, okay, I could be a gypsy in Asia for all I care. I don't care. Poor or rich, I don't care. Even still, poor or rich, I don't care. But the tools are there for every single person. So it's like the funny thing is the stock market doesn't discriminate. It's not like you're this age or you're yeah, a woman. Or you're, yeah. It does, they don't know who you are, right? So the same tools can be used for, you know, everybody. And I just I don't know where we're going to go in this conversation, even whatever, or people have hung up their podcast by now, but I feel like this conversation with you, Lisa, has filled me with so much gratitude in what I'm trying to do because 
women like you who are also allowing me to be on your platform to speak about this are exactly the kind of community that I think, you know, needs to support each other in these ways, whether it's through financial education or just talking about our experiences with money um, because they're real and like your story that you share and like stories that people have, like they don't talk about those things and the struggles and like, why would we want to make life harder for ourselves? Literally. And I think it's, I think it's so even abundant. I can never say that word abundant of you to share all this shit that you know, and that you've been through and that you literally do every single day for free. Like, of course, of course you have your sessions and of course you work with people, but you do these workshops and you pour, I mean, you've poured your heart into the 45 minutes of this and I can't even imagine what your workshop looks like, you know, and all that comes back as well. And it's so funny that we're talking about abundance because I, so this part, the, my episode that went up yesterday, I talked about having an abundance mindset and how not about money, but just in general and how Mm -hmm. one of the ways to do that is literally sharing your secrets and your resources. Like, I feel like people think that if they share them, like, like it's like, you're going to lack because you're sharing them. It's like, no, it will go to somebody else who will then hopefully do the same. And it'll go to somebody else. And it's a fucking chain. And I don't think people get that. Like there's enough Mm -hmm. to go around. It's not, it's not a competition, you know? So like, I love that there are people like you and we need more people like you that are talking about these things and destigmatizing them. And also just, teaching people because I think a lot we we we're scared of things that we don't understand and so by you like teaching these things and simplifying them like I think you should be so proud of yourself because I'm sure you're changing so many people's lives and I'm so excited about this course before we wrap up give us a little like tell us a little bit more about the course when is it like what should we do before what can we expect and where we can sign up Okay, so the course is always available on my website, but it's pricier on my website than it will be if you take one of these classes. So I do these classes every few months to kind of promote, hey, you should be thinking about investing. Hey, this is what's going on. They also serve as a little bit of a market update because every few times, and that's the really fun thing about finance and also the hard thing about running this business is I can't plan to post things or to have classes in advance. I have to do everything in real time because what's going on with the world and money and the markets is changing every goddamn day. So it's exhausting to try and, you know, come up with content and stuff that's relevant. But there are always principles that will apply whether you live in, I have students in Spain, I have students in the Caymans and US and Canada. There will be concepts when it comes to money and financial management and stuff that are forever bound so my program encompasses those concepts 10 modules there's 50 videos like I can't shut the hell up so it's like overwhelming but it's all self-study the program so it's really good for people who want to jump around the best part about what I offer when I teach these classes so I have a free class on February 3rd it's probably I haven't done one since last year and I probably won't do one for another month that's kind of an intro class to Here's a few tidbits about what's going on right now. Like, again, it's like free, free, free information of what I can. It usually ends up being about an hour and a half. People are there. Then people can ask questions. So that's like an opportunity to kind of get me one-on-one. And then there's a really, really great discount, like the best I've ever done, more than my launch price, on my program 72 hours after that class. So in that class, I talked to you about 
more about every module of the program. You know, we go through what's your, your freedom number? What's your number? Here's a calculator for you. My program gives you a calculator that you put in what you want to invest and you see how long it takes you to get to a million. Then you finagle it, like add 50 bucks a month and you see, you know, gives like, this isn't for everybody. This program is for you. And when I teach people and when I'm doing things like this, like I'm talking to you, Lisa, right now, I'm not talking to somebody else. And that's, in my program, I make it really um, relatable so that I am teaching you. It's unedited. I always am very proud of that because I didn't go back and change things I said or erase things. And the best part about my program students specifically is I have kind of a mailing list and something set up so that, yes, there are these topics that I talk about that everyone can use. They're going to transcend time, the 10 modules. But I also update, like, what are the hot sectors now in 2022? Because if you haven't been up to date on the program, you know, you have access to go back in and see what are the best funds performing every few months. I put that stuff into the program. So it's ongoing resources that people, because I live and breathe this stuff every day. Other people don't, and they don't have to. If you want to like set it and forget it with your investments, fine too, but you're going to get emails from me if you're a program student twice a week or whatever with, Hey, this is what's going on. Or like, this is where I'm investing just so you know, or this and this. So I think the biggest value of my program that is there now is there are all the concepts that you can self-study and pick at when you want, but you're part of my community where I'm going to ongoing help you, you know, with, and I don't offer my one-to-one coaching anymore to anybody outside of the program because it's just impossible. I'm only one person. So the other benefit of being in my program is that, you know, you have access to me because I don't have time to give access to everybody else. And if you're making the investment to purchase the program, to be honest, my program will never be free because you need to invest in yourself and your learning and this education to get what's coming back. And I explain in my free classes that the discount I give on the program, if you invest it where I tell you to for 25 years, it turns into 18 grand. So like the money you're saving doing this, putting it somewhere and looking at it never again, here's 20,000 extra dollars. You're welcome. So like the value of the the cost of the program is not actually the cost of the program. It's like, you're going to get hundreds of thousands of dollars back by implementing these steps. And by, you know, having this, I can be like your finance BFF just in your inbox all the time, whether you freaking like it or not, you know? So that's, that's what I built. And the, the funny thing about money is I can't really do like a lot of these other communities have Facebook groups or this or that, but money is so personal yeah. that, you know, some people have a different tolerance talking about it or sharing even me. Like I feel, I don't know if it's embarrassed or I don't know if I'm still working through my own mindset where I don't want others to feel bad by seeing, you know, how far I'm coming. And I'm like really cognizant of that kind of stuff. And I should just get the hell over it and share with people. I don't like to even share sometimes my social media. Like, this is what I've made on this because I don't want to make people uncomfortable. And I think that's an issue I have to work on. But in the program, I try and share as much of that. It's like a safe space Mm -hmm. for people to, you know, encourage each other and share. You know, my students are like my, you know, we have these conversations and I'm happy to do so because whether people pay me or not, it's not about, you know, the money, it's just about, you know, what we're all building together. So that's a little bit about kind of why I created the program too, and my struggles that I have to get over. But um, yeah, I'm really happy with where my my community is going. And I'm really happy to be here with you. 
beautiful conversation, like way deeper and, <laughs> and honest. You know, I love this because a lot of people aren't today in this age. People are scared and yeah. uncomfortable to talk about real shit. So no, I, I was really, so, I was so excited for this conversation. I will be there on February 3rd. Everything will be linked. And I hope we can do a part two after people yeah. start to work after we all work on our mindsets, we'll start to yeah. dig deeper. Um, but everything will be linked. Thank you so, so, so much. This was so helpful. I can't wait for everybody to listen to this. And yeah, I loved it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Maybe they'll have questions Not now. now they'll yeah, have questions. yeah, I would love that. I would love to do a part two. We have questions and we dig a little deeper wherever people, you know, want a little yeah. more info. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much and have the best time in Mexico. You already look so tan and so beautiful. <laughs> I'm so jealous. <laughs> is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver i kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out chumba casino at chumbacasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus